Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS FM Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. And this is a little different than movies we normally talk about. Usually it's a movie one of us reveres or remembers fondly, and maybe we go back and watch it. This isn't quite a leftovers episode. It's it's really just fits in the vein of something I've been wanting to talk about. And the third movie of this trilogy finally came out on Netflix. So I, I'm very excited to talk about it because it's it's probably my favorite So Bad It's Good movie. And uh, I I just really love it. So Daniel, what do you think of when I say, have you been fucking my brother? <laughs> <laughs> this the excellent nuanced writing <laughs> of the kissing booth, which you know, every now we we talk about this. I I feel like maybe I should stop saying it, but like every now and again, you just surprise me with something. I'm like, huh, this is what you want to talk about this week. <laughs> I, also I, I love that there's now a trilogy which does make it seem like a thing that like you know it's like the star like the original star wars trilogy or like the lord yes. of the rings trilogy it's the kissing booth trilogy oh and it's there it's the same movie three times in a row most i mean there's a few things in between but it's it's mostly the same movie and it just follows these uh the two brothers and l and they're sort of it's like a friendship love triangle because yeah. Lee never makes like a romantic move at L, but he's very protective of her in a friendship way. And that's uh, that just keeps coming up over and over and over again, three different times. And it's funny because I, you know, nowadays these sorts of movies are fairly rare, but like in the 80s and 90s, you could throw a stone and hit 10 movies that were just like the teen, like demi rom com sort of like. It's not that different than age. like. I mean, Molly Ringwald is in it, yes. and it's kind of 16 Candles-esque. She's never been kissed. There is a movie called Never Been Kissed. I guess that one was more in the 90s. But, yeah, it just it, – it feels – it feels like they were going for that. It doesn't quite feel like one of those movies. It's like they were trying really hard to be a John Hughes movie but still appeal to, like, tweens more right. than, like, teens to adults but also failing to appeal to appeal to tweens at the same time. I'm glad I'm glad that Molly Ringwald's name came up in the first 3 minutes because I was going to ha- you know <laughs> I, I, you watch that movie and that's immediately the vibe you get and then when she shows up in it it's like I actually was like yeah! <laughs> It's like if Michael Jordan had showed up in Space Jam. That's how kind you, of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how you would have felt. So the movie Jen, I remember it was, okay, so we work at a radio station, right? Correct. And sometimes we have, both of us have experienced this, you more often even than me, but we have the morning shift, which is very early. Yes. And so I try to get to bed a a little earlier on those days, nothing crazy, but 8.30, 9 o'clock, something like that. And this was when this movie came out, this was in 2018, and I was trying to sleep and Jen was just putting on like something for background sure. just to watch. And I, I sometimes like to fall asleep with the TV on anyway. So I was cool with it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I just put something on. She's like, okay. She put it on and I was, you know, getting to sleep and probably half asleep and 30 minutes into the movie or something. And she taps my shoulder and she's like, Hey, I know you're uh, I know you're sleeping and you've got the morning updates. So you don't have to wake up, but 
you have to watch this movie, The Kissing Booth. <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you, you who what? cares? It's just some, it's just some random Netflix movie. And she's like, no, you have to watch this. So I think I, later that week, I watched it and I fell in love with it immediately. And for the next six months or so, if anybody came and like stayed at our house, like stayed over, was hanging out and we were like, oh, what should we do? I was like, I know what we should do. And I would put on The Kissing Booth. So I've seen The Kissing Booth like seven times uh, yeah well you've talked to me about it and like like you gotta watch this movie man it's it's it just it'll just surprise you like it's a, it's like it's like it's a good movie and it's like i okay <laughs> sure bud like <laughs> it's it's a so bad it's good movie it's not actually good but you're I saying that recommend you're saying higher. that now in public but i promise you that every other time you've pitched this to me it was that it was really a good movie You'll be surprised by what a good movie it is, but you know, sorry, not to not to call you out, but this well, is, then I I'm, maybe you've I, come yeah, around I on phrased, it. I, well, I think I phrased that the wrong way because it's not. I don't care about the movie for its story. Its story's stupid. Yeah, it's it, and the the so now there's three. The first one is so bad it's good. The second one is just bad and kind of boring, and I don't really like the second one all that much. And we watched the third one just came out. We watched that, and uh, that one gets the closest to being like an okay movie yeah. where it's like yeah, I, i'd probably watch the third one again but it doesn't have me like it doesn't raise as many questions or have me scratching my head because it's, it's the third one in the series and you just kind of accept some of the quirks of it all but yeah. the first one in my mind is a masterpiece <laughs> an accidental masterpiece but a masterpiece nonetheless well and you have a you have a certain affection for the sort of john hughes era movies and like you know that the 16 candles that kind of a vibe i don't know how you feel I, about like she's all that or you know any of those oh, from the 90s yeah, and but, he's all that is coming out on netflix now so yes i'm, I'm super excited for that. Uh, jen knows this and she points it out to people because she thinks it's funny i love like teen coming of age movies i don't know why it, maybe i just watched too many when i was growing up or sure. anything but I, even now where i like you know i because I, I always attributed it to like, oh, I'm growing up, like I'm excited for high school and college. Right. So like watching these characters go through the things that I'm about to go through, of course I like it. But now I'm almost 30 and I still enjoy <laughs> them so much. Yeah. And it and and as we kind of discussed with like the karate kid, yeah, there can even be a false nostalgia for a movie. You know what I mean? Where it's like I don't like I watched The Karate Kid and I and I never watched that movie growing up and I'm not particularly a fan, but like I could understand feeling nostalgia for a thing for which I could not be nostalgic. Mhm. And I think I guess I get the impression that the the kissing booth like hits fires those neurons for you where it's like there's no I can't be nostalgic about this movie, but I feel <laughs> nostalgic about this movie. That that could be it. There's just there's just something about it. So we don't have to go scene by scene, but I want to go through it as you, a one-time viewer and first-time viewer just recently yeah. of The Kissing Booth and and what stood out to you. First of all, it starts with narration from Elle, who is played by Joey King, mm -hmm. who is a pretty established actress. She's been around for like a decade now. She kind of came to the forefront in uh, what a, that Zach Braff, Zach Braff movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, whatever that movie's called. But she was- uh, Crazy she was Stupid one of, Love? No, that's the. It's, I, it's like I wish you were here. Or... Okay, I don't. That one doesn't ring to me. Sorry. Either way, she was in that movie, and she was a kid, and uh, she actually shaved her head, which she shaved her head for a later role on a Hulu series. So in the Kissing Booth two and three, which were filmed at the same time, she's wearing a wig. Not something I noticed. 
something Jen knows. But either way, Joey King starts out. She's doing the narration. She's got a best friend, Lee, and they grew up together and their moms were best friends. Lee's mom is Molly Ringwald. Now, where's Elle's mom? Well, you're going through all this fun stuff. They're like, we have friendship rules and Lee got a scooter and I hurt myself on the scooter. Lee was a lizard for Halloween. My mom died. Yeah. You like DDR. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? Yep. That, that, <laughs> you're the, no- slides in. <laughs> the noise you just made is the noise I made when I was watching. It went, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because then, it, cause then it, it doesn't like get somber. I mean, it, for a beat. But then it just goes right back into like the colorful, like now we grew up and we're teenagers. Right. To make clear to our listeners, it's not that haven't seen it. It's not that that there's, I mean, having a dead mom or dead parent is like a very familiar trope for these kind of movies. Mm -hmm. And it of course happens in real life. It's the way it's handled. That's just like, huh? That's what, (laughs) that's, that's what you're doing. And then they just, they just use it to like give emotional beats throughout the movie to like, this is why this is important to L or things like that. And it's like, wow, that's a really kind of cheap way to do that but the way they introduce it is just that was the first moment where i was like okay okay i see where where you're going movie and uh, as i as i often do I, I like to tie things back to dungeons and dragons and there's this thing when like new players a lot of the time when they're making their first character the the one there's the, the tragic backstory it's like my whole village was slaughtered by orcs and that's why i was forced to run into the woods and become a druid of the forest and like you know what i mean or mm-hmm. like i f- had to go out on the streets and live a life of crime and that's why i'm a thief now like it's well, kind of a lot of times it's, yeah, it's it, the easiest it changes. It's the easiest thing to give like false and emotional weight to the future but it decision. also like the two th- examples you just laid out there, it changes the character. It, it, it ha- they have an emotional response to this and they change something about their life or they go on a different path. No, it just bumps back to, I'm still best friends with Lee and we like to play DDR. I'm yeah. still the exact same person, but don't worry. We'll bring up the dead mom thing a few more times throughout the movie. When, when I need like, to be sad right. about something, which is legitimate, right. it's legitimate, but it's just the way yes. it's handled. Yes. Agreed wholeheartedly. Yeah, so then we get into it, and she's uh, they're hanging out at his pool. And the reason I bring this up because this is the beginning of the friendship rules, which for teenagers, I I mean, I could still see them like bringing it up, like jokingly, like oh, we made this friendship contract when we were kids. But they are very serious about their friendship rules. <laughs> they they are like laws to them, and the one that is so unfair, as especially as they've gotten older, L seems to at least be attracted to Lee's older brother, uh, Noah, who yeah. most people call Flynn throughout the movie because he's the, the cool jock, so he gets called by his last name. And she seems to be, as, as, as they've all matured, she seems to be attracted to him. But sorry, Elle, one of the rules is you can't bang my brother, which technically it's written as like siblings are off limits, but Elle's sibling is like a five-year-old boy. So I don't <laughs> think that rule was really written for Lee. God, we hope. God, we hope not. <laughs> true yes but so that's when you're like okay they, they take these friendship rules and they that um that pops up on the screen we we talked in a previous episode about pop-up video yeah and how that could help people out with what's going on in, in a movie or a tv show and this one does every time a friendship rule comes up it pops up like it's written in crayon and pops up on the screen it's a very colorful movie yeah no i mean again it's shot with that that almost technicolor like aesthetic it's i mean it's just right. like again it's just like a saccharine sweet teen movie from again the 80s or the 90s and it's and it's but is it okay it is it though 
the the most perplexing thing for me as I've watched the kissing booth many times and maybe and I feel like it's one of those ones where you notice a different thing you're like hmm every time is tonally the movie's a mess correct the the tonal shifts make no sense and there's parts where you're like who is this movie for because you're right with the technicolored look it and as I mentioned earlier it feels like it's more written it's it's a teen it's teenager characters but more written for like middle schoolers yeah that's what it feels like but then there's also things that happen like i said in the what do you think of when i say where there's a there's a confrontation where the f word is said and there's a a montage where l and flynn are running around having sex all over town i guess and she has to hide that she's buying condoms which is obviously not something you'd put in a movie meant for for teenagers, there's... Well, not for middle schoolers, certainly. Yes. But yeah, I mean, maybe high schoolers, maybe, but point well taken. There's odd, like, sexual harassment things going on with yes. Elle and Flynn standing up for her. That happens multiple times in the movie. And maybe the first one could get by, but the second one on the beach yeah. with the, like, really predatory guy after a day of drinking, which... How did those... Okay, these teenagers can just go to like Santa Monica pier, set up a giant slip and slide and play flip cup on a public beach. And nobody says anything. They're there all day drinking. They have a keg. Yeah, I, <laughs> man. I don't, I mean, we're in, we're in teen movie rules. Like again, how does, it, how does that work? No, your point's well taken. It, it totally, it is a mess. And it's interesting because we talked about this with space jam, how sometimes it's hard to know who that movie is made for. And in mm-hmm. some ways, this movie is made for people who are nostalgic about old teen movies, not really for the audience for which those teen movies were made. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, it's made for people our age or slightly older who did watch the 80s and 90s movies growing up and they did connect to them because they were going through those things. So it's kind of like, yeah, but at the same time, they do try to capitalize on it for the quote-unquote intended audience. And it just, I mean, you're yeah, right, because the, the, the tone is weird and crazy. If you're scrolling through Netflix, it doesn't give you the the, the image of a, a teen movie kind of geared more towards the, you know, older teens and adults. Because like, like I said, it's so colorful. It's called The Kissing Booth, which is, you know, it, The Kissing Booth is like a, it's a weird thing overall but the younger it, it like seems more innocent maybe as a younger kid but like clearly as an adult you can see the problematic nature of right. a kissing booth existing at all and so all right let's just get into the titular kissing booth so ellen lee are in a club a dance club not really they play ddr at an arcade right. away from school and somehow it's a club at the school that nobody else is a part of they never mention any meetings. They never mention any other people, you know, joining in or whatever. But every club at the school has to have a fundraising booth at the carnival. The carnival is out of this world. Yeah. It's like nicer. It's nicer than like professional county carnivals. <laughs> Correct. It's it's the nice carnival. There's like a double decker Ferris wheel or not a Ferris wheel, a uh, like a merry-go-round, right. a carousel, if you will. But either way, they're they're in this meeting, and apparently there's a student council group that has to approve it, and they can't come up with with an idea. And for some reason, at the same time, while they're both brainstorming an idea, they come up with the kissing booth. Yes, and as you pointed out, a kissing booth, which is this like 
just slightly seedy but super cheap to produce thing where that that seems (laughs) a little out of place when you as you said have this extremely highly polished and produced fair with huge rides and things it's like but we can't come up with a star attraction i know let's put teenagers in a cardboard box and make them kiss (laughs) except going along with the carnival it's not a cardboard box they have one scene where they this is another scene of uh noah flynn being protective of her but they're in like the the machine shop or the wood shop of the school right trying to build their booth and instead they have a paint fight so Elle gets covered in paint and she has to wander to the bathroom but instead of going into the women's room she ends up not in the boys restroom but the boys locker room and the football team is getting changed in there because they're in football gear but also like the yearbook guy is there in like normal clothes so (laughs) i don't know if this was practice or gym class because they're in their foot again it doesn't make any sense but you've got the yearbook guy the yearbook guy also only takes pictures on his phone even though he's like in charge of the year whatever so she then decides to do a little dance for all the guys in in the room. Noah gets pissed and puts her like literally like a child, like puts her under his arm because that actor, like Jacob Elordi, yeah. I think is his name. He's like a foot taller than Joey King in real life, <laughs> which makes all their kissing scenes. You, you, if you pay more attention, you can see the way they angle it or right. she might be on a box, all this kind of stuff. But that's another scene. So either way, they waste all their time trying to make this booth in it with a paint fight then you get to then it's like the you know the 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 carnival's only like a few days later and they get there and they're like wow kissing booth looks great and it's like a professionally (laughs) lit thing individual bulbs spelling out kissing booth this isn't like string lights these are big real like edison bulbs right in there and it's the i mean it again it looks better than anything you would see at any with any carnival barker in front of it and it's just like the most professionally done thing ever and i don't know maybe there's supposed to be some surrealism to it but it just that was another thing and i'm like who made this where did this come from (laughs) do you think again though do you think that's a joke like that's just sort of a throwback or that like that's a a gag or do you just really think that that that's what they thought was gonna land man credit for it being a joke i don't think it's that smart i I mean i agree agree with you that it's just it's just kind of all over the place then they hold the kissing booth and everybody's upset because noah flynn isn't there it's lee flynn who's there but still a uh a girl comes up and she kisses him and then he basically skirts his responsibility of the booth and and leaves and uh then l gets tricked into going out to the booth at one point by the popular omg girls yeah and then she ends up she ends up kissing noah and she the, she feels so guilty because of the friendship rules she tells lee right away and he's like well as long as you guys and this is a line that stands out to me too as long as you guys aren't grinding coogees I think it's okay. <laughs> and it's what is grinding coogees mean? What is, where did this come from? Who wrote that line? Oh yeah. Well, we'll get to who wrote that line. Cause that, that is, have you done any research on that? I think previously, but I did not right, do well, it this time. Well, so. we'll get to that later. Keep talking. A, Cause I, I'd like to answer that question for you in dramatic fashion I, later. Okay. I'm imagining <laughs> it's somebody who's not very, you know, in line with teens of uh, right now. Interesting. Um, so no, wait, no, now that I think about it, it's the opposite of what I just said. Yeah. So are are we, are we spoiling it now? So the kissing booth was was written by Beth Reekles, who's a Welsh author. 
And uh, Beth Regals was 17 when she wrote and published The Kissing Booth, the first, the original book. Isn't it technically like a, it's like kid Fifty Shades of Grey, right? It was like fan uh, fiction, like Wattpad stuff. So she got, yeah, kind of, but she got, it was that she got sick of of, um, Twilight. She was sick of like teen dramas having to be through the the lens of like horror tropes, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and I mean, if you think about it, like the Twilight did that, and like the Hunger Games is sort of that, not not exactly the same, but it's like an apocalyptic teen coming of age. There was that time you in, had the in Maze the, Runner, right. Divergent, exactly. Yeah. There was like like that time period where if if you wanted to have a teen coming of age story, they had to be like in an apocalyptic wasteland or fighting mon- like literal monsters. Yeah. And well, or- and then they all got you know there were a lot of those books already, and then they all got elevated to movie series because everybody wanted the next Harry Potter, correct? So they could cash in on that. Even though Harry Potter's not quite post-apocalyptic but the the last the last half of harry potter is pretty dark right um so anyway she was basically just like why can't teens just have like be teens and like the normal world is harrowing enough uh (laughs) right so especially for teenagers that that i agree with so to your point uh grinding coogees might be like a welsh slang uh okay or not maybe it's just maybe she just thought that was funny and was like hey guess what i'm (laughs) guess what i'm gonna get people to read guess what words it's like uh, uh, grinding coogees. It's like that makes me think that particular idea makes me think of the South Park episode with Scrody McBooger balls. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what gross thing can we get people to read? And then they're like, this is brilliant. So I, I, there must have been enough fans because it got made into a movie. And yeah. then the second one, the second one's probably I, this is again, I don't know this for sure, but I know the third one is based around another book called The Beach House. Yeah. And the second one, I don't think has as much source material. So it might be why it's like the the lesser of the three, the least of the three, I guess is a way to say that. I mean, they're all they're all books that she wrote. Really? Yeah. Well, she messed up on the second one. It may have been that that they were like, hey, we want to make another movie. So you have to write the book. You know what I mean? It might have been that situation where it's like, actually, we're coming back to you as an author because we need you to write this book so we can make a movie of it. As opposed to the, you know, the first time she wrote the book and then they made, they were like, oh, we could make yes. a movie out of this. So either way, I'm thankful that they exist and that this trilogy exists. I just, the second one is my least favorite. Yeah. Well, I don't, I, so I don't want, I didn't mean to cut you off of like, you know, talking about some favorite or least favorite, most questionable moments. Am I, did I miss something that, that Noah getting into Harvard isn't a surprise? Uh, uh, that's something like okay so he's supposed to be this guy who struggles with his anger and getting into fights and he's just like a a dumb jock she like she meets him in the library at one point and is like oh you read and he's like i try to and then like the next scene he gets into harvard yeah that that was something that like <laughs> when i, I think I, it's I just what? well I must you're, have missed you're probably right this you know welsh girl writes a story about american teenagers and what college does she know Harvard. Why not? He gets into Harvard. Well, like it's hard. Well, I mean, you know, that was a legally blonde reference. Did it, did it go over your head? Uh, Yeah, it did. Mm. (laughs) I guess I don't sound like Reese Witherspoon. So that's, that's part of it. We'll we'll, we'll chalk it up to that. Hardly, hardly you sound like (laughs) anyway. um, Yeah. I, uh, that was the thing when I looked, I was like, huh? What? (laughs) Because like the way they depict his character, he seems like kind of like a dumb brute that like, like that would make more sense if 
L kind of like calmed him down and helped right. him get through. Well, because he he gets so angry at one point that he leaves school for like a few weeks. Yeah, and just, was, nobody just knows say, where he's at. It would be very like, easy. This is the kid. It would be very easy to just make the conflict like, hey, you're not going to graduate high school if you can't get your anger under control. They don't have to make Harvard the. the- <laughs> the like carrot at the end of that it's just like hey dude you won't graduate high school and you need to at least do that (laughs) but these kids get to do whatever they want i mentioned the 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 crazy beach high school party the uh he takes her to the gazebo and she's like i don't want to i think she says this later but she's like i don't want to be just another one of your conquests right and when they're at the gazebo there's like a groundskeeper who comes in he's like Flynn, you can't just keep taking girls here. And he's like, I, you silly old man. Yeah. And I, I guess it's okay. And then, <laughs> so, but okay. So L goes from never been kissed, like 16 years old, uh, to kissing Flynn at the kissing booth to kissing Flynn later that night for real in the gazebo to losing her virginity under the Hollywood sign. Yeah. As, as one does, <laughs> as one does, you know, just those are the normal steps most teenagers take. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I mean i i don't need to get into necessarily like everybody has their own thing and like their own way to that you know on that path but it does seem a little bit it does escalate fairly quickly and then yeah just the <laughs> everything about this movie is overdone like yes, the the, like, the beach party is overdone the, the fairgrounds overdone the prom is overdone like <laughs> the house the flins live in yeah, is overdone Maybe it's that's like, why he's going to Harvard. Maybe the parents actually were donating huge amounts of money to, to yeah, you know. I don't know why I got into Harvard. Uh, I am living in the, the Flynn residence hall, but that can't be it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fun Easter egg if they put that in the second one. Because yeah. in the second one, there's some Harvard scenes. Quote, unquote, Harvard. And then there's the scene which I, I laughed out loud about where uh, L talks about Rule 7 which is that no matter how mad you are at your best friend, you have to forgive them if you give you ice cream, which is a line you said to me one time uh, in real life. (laughs) I remembered because you're like, oh, it's just like, and then it came back and was like, oh, it's just a reference from this movie, The Kissing Booth. It's like kind of cool. And and I had to laugh because like, oh yeah. But even, even that one's absurd because it's like the middle of the school day and like, what did she leave school and grab two ice cream cones and drive back with two ice cream yeah, cones man. in her hand. They probably just have like an ice cream, a little ice cream parlor in the school, right? <laughs> Maybe. It's okay <laughs> for movies. It is okay for movies to create some questions. Sure. But a movie shouldn't leave you with more questions than answers from like when it started. Right. Like, uh, yeah. and that's what this movie does. I'm constantly, every time I watch it, new questions new things i notice and i noticed a lot the first time through it's it's so, utterly perplexing to me and maybe that's why i like it because it makes my brain work more than some movies do yeah because it's that it's, it's that, that kind that of intrigue. yeah that makes you ask the little questions that are, and they're they're insignificant does it end at the end does it really matter where the ice cream cones came from no but i do but you got you gotta want you well, know you want to yes, know because well, you're supposed to be paying attention to the story. The point of a movie is to make your brain work less so that you're just, that's why like when movies are really good and compelling, you don't notice some of the continuity errors and things like that. But correct when a movie isn't that like well-written and it's not like tight and spot on, you just notice all these little things. And this one has a lot of them. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know that we need to tell people too much about the, the plot. I, <laughs> 
if you've seen a teen movie, you get it. The the sort of angry jock and the the struggling to be popular girl end up together and life is and then the best friend ends up being cool with it and it's all good. And the best friend is in this one at least the brother of the of the jock, which right. isn't always the story, but I will give them credit. They never as I, I think I said at the beginning too, they never push Lee romantically yeah. towards her. He never makes an advance and in all three movies, he never makes any sort of advance. It is a pure friendship. Yes, he just yeah. really, really cares about this friendship. And I the scene where that I used for the what do you think of where he are you banging my brother? But he says the F word, which was like, whoa, right out of the gates there. Um, but that scene is so crazy because after that, they both the guys leave and Elle's just stuck at their house. Yes. Like <laughs> Noah like goes off to somewhere, Lee drives off. But when he says that, right before he leaves, he uh Lee looks at her and he goes, My whole life he always had everything he ever wanted. Right. And I thought I had you as he drives off in his 1960s <laughs> refurbished <Yep. laughs> Mustang from his parents' $5 million beachside house. I like to say that line to Jenna. I was like, all my life, he had everything. And all I had was you and everything I ever wanted, plus this 1960s refurbished <laughs> car. That's the way it feels. It's like, right. what are you talking about, Lee? You have everything too. He maybe has more socially, but remember we talked about how like it's hard in this day and age. It's hard to care about rich people problems now. <laughs> yeah. Like that that used to be a thing in movies that people wanted the glamour and the glitz, and now it's just you just roll your eyes. It's because it's like hashtag like rich people well, problems. A Molly Ringwald movie, Pretty in Pink. The yeah. the guy in that one, it's like he's got like the CD friend played by James Spader, but he's kind of like got like the rich people problem. Right. Exactly, man. So, let it, exactly. so so we don't care is the point. So Kissing Booth is on par with John Hughes. I, I mean, it's, I <laughs> I don't know how people who really love those movies would feel about that, but to me, it's it's a wash. So yeah, kind of. <laughs> I will say, I mean, this isn't new, but if you do go back and watch some of those, uh, the high school movies from John Hughes, yeah, yeah there's some questionable choices sure. the 80s were clearly a different time yeah now okay so so the kissing booth too presumably noah's in college and uh l and lee are seniors in high school is that problem mm -hmm. um, if i had to guess because i i will admit i did no research into two or three because i wanted to come in pure oh yeah l is also i think they completely drop like her soccer stuff she becomes good at sports oh, yeah, but yeah. they also she's also like a klutz Correct. And it's like, well, those don't really match up. Is she coordinated and athletic or is she klutzy? Like usually those, you can't, usually you have one or the other. You don't really have both, but they kind of drop all that. So in the second one, the second one is like super love triangle. It's like a, it's like two love triangles that intersect with each other <laughs> to become and two parts of the love triforce. <laughs> okay. And there's two characters that also show up in the third one, but there's Marco who is introduced by L seeing a video of him working out, which looks like like a Bowflex commercial. You know, in the Bowflex commercials yes. when they like show the the dude doing the doing the cords, but you, they really just like show his chest and it's like bursting muscles. Right. It's like those videos. So again, who took this video while this Marco kid was <laughs> was just working out? But she's watching it, and the I think it's the the Pierce girl from who was making out with flynn in the first one right. i think it's that same girl it's one of the girls there's all these like background characters that they do keep bringing back so i at least appreciate that over the last two movies but she like sits on the intercom and like so as l is like 
fawning over this Marco guy's workout video. Everybody can hear her. And, she's, and then she goes like, what's his name again? And then the entire school yells, Marco! And then this swinging pan shot into a, into a, a classroom with this Marco character. And he turns around from his chair and gives this big smile. And it's just the cheesiest thing yeah. ever. But So that's her love interest or her like love triangle interest. Then she is jealous of Noah. Yeah, Noah, because there's this like, when he's at Harvard, she visits him one weekend in Boston. And there's this girl who I guess is supposed to be a high school fresh or a college freshman as well, but she's like really put together worldly, you know, like the, the cliche, like, Oh, she's a college girl. She's so much more mature than me. And she's really, jealous of that girl she finds the girl's earring under noah's bed and instead of asking about noah she just thinks she just immediately thinks that he's cheating on her with him so that eventually comes to a head at thanksgiving where that girl for some reason is at their house for thanksgiving at the flynn's house she flies from boston back to la with him and she's there and l like blows up and confronts her at there and it's the most awkward thanksgiving ever but it turns out that she just slept in his bed one time when he was actually back visiting her in la because she's friends with his roommate and you know after a night out she just like slept in his bed so that's why the earring was there which by which by the way all sounds like a very well-constructed lie <laughs> you don't fly yes, from boston right. you don't fly fly from boston to la to spend thanksgiving with somebody who like you, you know what i mean three Come months ago yeah. right so whatever uh but it turns out l might be the 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 more advanced adulterer because she is like how am i gonna get into school i need it's one of those like i need fifty thousand (laughs) dollars and then they're sitting there doing ddr at the arcade and it's like los angeles area ddr competition grand prize fifty thousand dollars yeah man it's it's exactly one of those and but then but then lee gets hurt lee sprains his ankle lee can't compete it turns out Marco's really good at DDR. Oh, so she does no. the competition with Marco. They do the competition. She falls into his arms after they after they win because she's exhausted or exasperated, whatever. And then she kisses him on stage with Noah in the crowd. And this this great shot of that uh, Jacob Elordi, he's in the he's in the crowd and he's sitting there and he's smiling, he's cheering, and then he just like drops into like a what the hell? Yeah because he sees his girlfriend so then that's a whole conflict and they make up at the end i think lee helps the kissing booth makes an appearance somewhere i I haven't seen the second one it's old it's old and dilapidated but they decide to like buy it and fix it up together and then they're rekindling (laughs) yes so that's the that's the second one and throughout all three lee has a girlfriend named rachel the reason i wanted to wait for this one is because marco has a last name i don't care what it is but he has a last name if you go to the imd page that character has a last name yeah chloe the the girl from harvard who l thinks noah has has been grinding coogees with (laughs) she has a last name they are only those two characters especially chloe is barely in the third one marco has a is in the like the second half of the third one yeah and they're in most of the second one but rachel lee's girlfriend is in all three movies Mm-hmm. does not have a last name does not have any character and constantly gets overshadowed by the friendship of l and lee and just sticks around all three movies and just sticks around at lee's side i i, I it's 
perplexing to me. Like this, what are you doing? She doesn't care about you. There's, it's whatever. And I then mean, they every not everybody can be the main character. Chops. I don't understand why this Rachel girl stays with Lee. He clearly cares about L more than he cares about her. There's, Let's give her I think her last, it, no, you know what? Let's give her her last name right now. What's her last name? That's what, and then we'll make it official. I'll go onto the Wikipedia page and change it. What's her last name? What's Rachel's last name? Uh, there's a Columbus Clippers cup right in front of me. Rachel Clipper. There it is. All right, I'm, I'm on it. I'm going to change it on all of the Wikipedia pages, and it'll become official. She does get upset at it in the second one because she even like helps mend the relationship between Lee and L in the first one. She like runs after her at prom. And like helps mend the relationship. Uh, but in the second one, they go, they're gonna go as s'mores for Halloween. And like one person's gonna be graham crackers, Rachel's gonna be, I think, the marshmallow, and then another person's gonna be chocolate. Then Lee and Elle show up as Ghostbusters and don't <laughs> tell her. And Rachel shows up as a marshmallow with nobody else to match her costume. To me, that's a deal breaker right there. If your if your boyfriend does a couple's costume with somebody else and doesn't even tell you. And you were nice enough to be in on the trio costume with that girl. That should be a deal breaker for Rachel. Have more self-respect. I mean, well, let's call Rachel Clipper <laughs> yes. and tell her, you know, maybe you need your own young adult book trilogy. Maybe you we, need to I, free I yourself. I would love, because <laughs> she's there in all three. I would love to see the kissing booth from Rachel's perspective. <laughs> That that is something I'd be very interested in. All right, so quick, Chops. Okay, now here's where the the thing is. This is the moment where we decide we're gonna make a fan film about the kissing booth, um, and it's gonna be the called the missing booth. Uh, the, the the girlfriend who didn't get to spend any time with her boyfriend. So she's still there in the third one. Quick rundown of the third one. They go. So the Flynn family has a beach house. And they apparently spent all their summers there, the the two Flynn boys and L, because you know the families are so close. And they've got this beach house, even though their normal house is on the beach as well. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, whatever. you gotta they've have got, both. I mean, yeah, you gotta have both. So they got this beach house, and they are deciding to sell it. But the but the boys are off to college. The parents are busy with their work that they don't get out there very much. They 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 want to sell it, and the kids are like, "You can't do that," or. No, no, no. But they, they, they still decide to sell it, but they convince the parents to let them stay there all summer so that when contractors or appraisers or whoever has to come out, the parents don't have to drive out to the coast. The yeah. kids will just be there. So a pretty good plan. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to trust your teenage to 20 something year old kids at this house. And they just let the girlfriends stay there too. That seemed. In retrospect, that seemed odd for parents to endorse, but yeah, whatever. It's they're going to go off to college, so they yeah. don't care. So they they stay at this beach house all year. They immediately throw a giant party the first night they're there. Nothing comes of it. Uh, it's just they. I just like well, the parents were exactly right to have reservations about this because right. it's not just like they invite some friends over. It's like a blowout, a huge party. Of course, it is because it's a teen movie. Yes, where Lee meets another kid going to Berkeley, and he's so excited. And then there's like a little bit of a friendship love triangle where Elle's a little jealous that Lee's doing all this stuff with his other kids going to Berkeley, which intensifies her internal conflict of should I go to Harvard or should I go to Berkeley? Because she gets into both. Yeah. But she also uh, tells the two Flynn brothers that she's waitlisted at both. 
So she kind of like sort of Gives takes herself a little bit of a buffer. Yeah. Yeah. And she still has to make the decision, but she can kind of write it off as, oh, I only got off the wait list at whichever one she chooses. Right. She eventually chooses Harvard. And uh, there's a conflict in there because Noah's like, we should live together when we when we both go to Harvard next year if you choose Harvard. And, okay. And then when they're living in the beach house, it, it's not going well. Right. Um, Marco shows up again. She, Noah has, thinks she has a thing for Marco. They're, oh, the friendship rules are still there. But the big through line of this one is an old bucket list they made when they were kids right of all the things they want to do at the beach house so the whole summer they're trying to do these things so Elle is very busy she's being pulled between a job she has she's supposed to watch her brother sometimes when her dad who is now dating again is it wants to go on dates or is working late and she's at this beach house and and she has to do all the bucket list items and the big blow up of the bucket list items is Elle keeps choosing those over things with Noah so Noah tries to make it up to her after okay first Noah gets mad because he turns down the opportunity to do their go-kart one, which is really a, a, a Mario Kart version of go-kart yeah. where they're throwing projectiles at each other and everything. And instead Marco fills in the last spot, which mm. is the Wario costume. Yeah. Noah gets mad. They race and Noah joins the race and he and Marco are like uh, trading paint the whole time. And it's a very violent uh, go-kart race. <laughs> and somebody, and then somebody pulls out a knife and, <laughs> it's yeah so then he tries to make it up with her by throwing like a candlelight dinner and she actually has to leave because she has to go do a flash mob with a bunch of their friends and leave because that was one of the things on the bucket list whatever uh so bucket list mechanic all- is clearly just becoming like what are what are th- what, like fantasy fulfillment like what did you want to do as a teenager that you never got to do well let me write it in a book yes so <laughs> Then Chloe shows up on her family's yacht and she talks about, oh yeah, everybody has relationship troubles. My parents are getting divorced right now. And it's like, why do we need to know about Chloe's parents who we've never met? Whatever. She shows up on her family's yacht a day early, in fact. So it's surprising to Elle when when she's there. But those girls are kind of buddy-buddy, even though really the last time they they interacted, other than a small makeup, but the main interaction was her like yelling about them you know, cheating right with at thanksgiving so yeah. their friends yada 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 the molly ringwald is convinced to not sell the beach house because l takes a picture of the three of them that looks like the picture they took when they were kids but rachel goes off to a school in rhode island and breaks up with lee who goes to berkeley noah goes back to harvard l decides to enroll in the spring and this is actually something that was present in all three movies but is that Elle is good at video games. Yeah. So now she uh, all of a sudden has an interest in creating video games. So she applies to USC, which has a great creative arts program. So right. I'm assuming, I don't know for sure what their video game program is, but I know like filmmaking and stuff is huge at USC. So I would assume right, that video game me, stuff yeah. probably actually does exist there. And she uh, gets that by, she gets into that school. So she gets into Berkeley, Harvard, and USC. And she gets into USC by proposing an idea for esports, but fantasy sports, which is actually kind of a good idea. If there are people who care about, I don't know how you would do the scoring exactly and make it like normalized between games and stuff, but fantasy sports for esports players, I, that, that could probably work. I think there'd be a certain number of people who would be interested yeah. in playing that. It wouldn't yeah. be quite as big as fantasy football or something like that, but they're definitely, there's definitely a market. So I was like, okay, yeah, that's actually yeah, a great yeah, idea. Esports definitely wouldn't be as big as fantasy football. Can't imagine that. <laughs> Fortnite definitely doesn't exist. 
Well, I'm just, I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of casualness to fantasy football and I don't know if there's enough. I'm giving you a hard time. Yes. I, I understand. Esports is a huge market now. Have you seen the prize money these kids win for this? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, But okay. So she gets into that. Boom. Card six years later. (laughs) Cause we need a a checkup on these characters. We need a resolution. Yep. I guess spoiler alert at this point. Six what? years later, they're <laughs> they're all back in town. They're at the school carnival. And the only way they can think to age up the characters, like so Lee, she she meets up with Lee and Rachel, who got back together after going to schools yeah. on literally opposite sides of the country. They got back together, which again doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why Rachel would go back to a boyfriend who ignored her for his childhood friend the entire time they were together, but whatever they're back together. L is catching up with Lee. It's fun. They're at the school carnival. I don't know. Maybe L's brother is in school. Now I, they're at the school carnival and the L is wearing like L is wearing kind of like a cool girl business casual attire. Noah shows up in full suit. And I'm like, why is he like, what? That's the only way they could think to like age up this character is put him in a full <laughs> suit at a high school carnival. Well, like, and why that, would he And keep in mind, he's a young lawyer. So mm. he's got to be wearing, he's got to be wearing a business suit all the time. And they, they <laughs> kind of have like an awkward conversation, but they go their separate ways to meet up with friends. But before that, they look over and they're like, oh, there it is. Kissing booth still there at the carnival. <laughs> they're set up all the lights. And there it is. It all comes full circle. But all in all, L and Noah don't end up together, at least not six years into the future. So maybe seven years into the future. I mean, I'm cheating by looking at the Wikipedia article. There's definitely the suggestion that they're gonna that they might rekindle their relationship. Yeah, but wouldn't it have been <laughs> something if they went up to the kissing booth and kissed again? Yeah, that, that you're been. right. That would have been a more satisfying conclusion. Can I just say, as we as we sort of wrap up our talk on this, <laughs> this is, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article for the kissing booth three. Okay. You know how there's the like summary, you know, paragraph right at the beginning before it gets into the contents. Mm-hmm. The last line of of that summary says the film was released on Netflix on August 11th, 2021. Much like its predecessors, the film received negative reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I could not recommend <laughs> the first Kissing Booth more. I, I I think if you go into it with an open mind and just trying to have some fun, watch it with people. It, it's sure. not as much fun alone, but if you watch it with a, you know, a group of a few friends and you're just hanging out, you know, maybe pop open some adult pops. It's, it's a fun I, watch. Ideally, and- ideally you would watch it with your best friend and your best friend's older brother. And, <laughs> and there would be some awkward tension in the room if you're going to do it right. The first one also is only about a hundred minutes, so that's nice. The, yeah. the the second two are both two plus hours. That's too long, which is a little much. It's a little too, much. It's too much. A little much. Anyway, all right. Well, I'll have to. I'll have to maybe think about checking out the second two movies. I don't know. I'll see. <laughs> I'll see if I can get my best friend and his older brother <laughs> in the same room <laughs> and the, and make some awkward tension. Yeah. So that's the kissing. So, yeah, so if you if any of you listeners out there have any so bad it's good movies that are either streaming or that you've come across anything like that, let us know. Maybe we'll talk about them, uh, but it would be nice to hear what some of your favorites are, especially in the streaming era as there's so much content to pour pour through. It's a little bit 
harder to find them. If you have any other ideas of things we could talk about, you can always reach us. You can tweet at us at Nerdisoc. That's at N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Hit us up on our Gmail, Nerdisoc at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And if the idea is good enough, maybe you could come on, be one of the nerds. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.